0: Good evening. Biden lifts Trump's ban on transgender people in the military. New York is running out of vaccines. The U.S. demands the release of a Russian dissident. And chances for peace in Yemen are rising. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Durianzo with the WBAI News for Monday, January 25th. The Justice Department's inspector general is launching an investigation to examine whether any former or current department officials engaged in an improper attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. The investigation follows a report in The New York Times that her former assistant attorney general, Jeffrey Clark, had been discussing a plan with then-president Donald Trump to oust the acting attorney general and try to challenge the results of the 2020 race by falsely saying there had been widespread election fraud. And the United States Senate's longest serving member, Democrat Patrick Leahy, says he'll preside over the upcoming impeachment trial of Trump. The U.S. Chief Justice John Roberts presided at Trump's first impeachment trial last year. Leahy 80 a lawmaker from Vermont who took office in 1975 is the senator with the most seniority in either party. Leahy is also president pro tempore of the Senate making him the third in line in presidential succession after the vice president and speaker of the house. And President Joe Biden signed an order Monday reversing a Trump era Pentagon policy that largely barred transgender individuals from serving in the military. Previous commanders and uh as
1: well as uh, um, the uh, secretaries have supported. And what I'm doing is enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform, and uh, essentially uh, uh, re- 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 restoring the situation as it used before, where tran- transgender personnel, if qualified in every other way, can serve their government in the United States military. And so that's what I'm about to sign, and I'm going to get a chance, I'm told later on another matter later this afternoon when i speak to another order to answer all your questions on a whole range of things but i'm going to be going to the swearing in shortly after this okay thank you again
0: all right biden signed the order in the oval office during a meeting with defense secretary lloyd austin It overturns a ban ordered by Trump in a tweet during his first year in office. Biden's order immediately prohibits any service member from being forced out of the military on the basis of gender identity. Austin, in his statement, voiced support for the change and said the Pentagon will work over the next two months to implement the new policy. Vice President Kamala Harris was present as Biden signed the order. And coronavirus deaths and cases per day in the United States dropped sharply but are still running at alarming levels as the effort to snuff out COVID-19 is becoming an ever more urgent race between the vaccine and the mutating virus. The government's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said the improvement appears to reflect a natural peaking and then plateauing after a holiday surge rather than the arrival of the vaccine in mid-December the us is recording just under 3100 deaths a day on average down from less than 3350 two weeks ago the number of hospitalized covid-19 patients has fallen to about 110,000 from a high of 132,000 on on uh, pardon me on january 7th but even as the numbers plateau a new problem is emerging as the available vaccines are just not enough to match the need Mayor Bill de Blasio announced today the opening of planned mass coronavirus vaccination sites at Yankee Stadium and City Field would be postponed because of the low supply of doses available.
2: Look, we have mega sites like City Field and Yankee Stadium ready to go. Uh, we want to get those to be full blown 24 hour operations but we don't have the vaccine. We've got local neighborhood providers, folks who are at the front line, who can build trust, who can get folks from the neighborhood to come in, who speak their language, ready to go. We want to have a really neighborhood-based approach to vaccination, decentralized right down to the grassroots. We could be doing that right now, but we don't have the supply. We need the supply and that flexibility of whatever we have on hand, we can use for folks who need help immediately.
0: The site of City Field had been set to launch this week, while plans for the one in the Bronx are still being developed. Another site of the Empire Outlets on Staten Island was initially scheduled to open last week, but would also be postponed. Meanwhile, New York State is yet to release demographic information on the distribution of the vaccine. De Blasio said today the data would come this week to address the disparities that have pervaded the COVID experience. De Blasio says it's time for the federal government to act.
2: Again, we have a supply problem, we have a flexibility problem, because we can't access second doses that are being held in reserve for weeks ahead and use them now as first doses where there's such intense demand. So we're working hard to get that flexibility, but... In the meantime, if there's not more supply and there's not more flexibility, we keep having to either not provide new appointments or reschedule ones that exist. And that's not fair to anyone. We need the supply. We need the flexibility. Now, where will we be able to go when we have those things, when we have what we need? Here's the latest based on the experience we've had so far. New York City will be able to vaccinate half a million people a week as soon as we have the supply.
0: Mayor Bill de Blasio, the mayor also called called for more flexibility in using the vaccine, including the extra doses often left in the bottom of vials that may have been overfilled by manufacturers. Mayor says he's hopeful a new one shot vaccine from Johnson & Johnson will come online shortly. And this afternoon, President Joe Biden seemed to heed de Blasio's call.
1: Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. And I must tell you, I'm reluctant to cherry pick. And take out one or two items here, and then have to go through it again, to, they, because these all are kind of they they go sort of hand in glove. Each of these issues. Number one. Number two. Uh, we are optimistic that we will have enough vaccine, and in very short order, we we. As you know, we came in office without knowledge of how much vaccine was being held in abeyance or available. Now that we're here, we've been around a week or so, we now have that. And we've gotten commitments from some of the producers that they will, in fact, produce more vaccine in a relatively short period of time and then continue that down the road. So I'm quite confident that we will be in a position within the next Three weeks or so to be vaccinating people at the range of uh, uh, of, of a million a day or in, in excess of that. That is my I promise that we would get at least a, uh, a a hundred million vaccinations. That's not people because sometimes you need more than one shot the vaccination, but a hundred thousand a hundred million shots in people's arms of the vaccine. I think with the grace of God and the goodwill of the neighbor and the crick not rising as the old saying goes, I think we may be able to get that to 150, 1.5 million a day rather than 1 million a day. But we have to meet that goal of a million a day. And everything points that we're going to have, A, the enough vaccine. B enough syringes and all the paraphernalia needed to store, keep, inject, move into your arm the vaccine, three a number of vaccinators, people administering the vaccine, which is not an easy task of those who have those those facilities like the nursing homes and hospitals, they have the people to do it, but they don 't have the capacity to do everyone, and so I think we 're going to have where uh, we're leaning hard on in areas where we produce more vaccinators. We feel confident we can do that. And thirdly, it's really important that we have the fora, the place, the facility, the circumstance where people can show up, stand in line and get their vaccine without having to stand in line for eight hours, being able to pick up the phone, call the pharmacy and get your name on the list, etc. All those mechanical things are really they sound simple, but they're all consequential. We're trying to get out a minimum of 100 million vaccinations in 100 days and move in the direction where we are well beyond that in the next 100 days so we can get to the point where we reach herd immunity in a country of over 300 million people. Does that answer your question?
3: Well, my question was at what date or roughly when do you think anyone who wants
1: one would be able to get In it? it summer? Is it summer? Oh, no, I, I I think it'll be this spring. I think we 'll be able to do that this spring, and uh, but it 's going to be a logistical uh, challenge that exceeds anything we 've ever tried in this country, but I think we can do that. I feel confident that uh, by summer we 're going to be well on our way to heading toward herd immunity and increasing the access for people who aren 't on the first on the list all the way going down to Uh, children and how we deal with that. But I, I, I feel good about where we're going, and I think we can get it done.
0: President Joe Biden and Mexico's president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, said Sunday that he had contracted the coronavirus and was undergoing medical treatment for what he described as mild symptoms. The Mexican leader has consistently played down the pandemic, questioning the value of wearing masks and refusing to wear one himself in most public appearances. On Friday, he posted a photo of himself indoors, again without a mask, conducting a call with Biden. According to local media reports, hours before disclosing that he had contracted the virus, Lopez Obrador, who flies commercial on all official trips, sat in coach on a domestic flight to Mexico City. And vaccine maker Moderna said on Monday it believes its COVID-19 vaccine protects against new variants found in Britain and South Africa. The company says it will also test a new booster shot aimed at the South Africa variant, ever concluding that the antibody response could be diminished. The emergence of new variants in Britain, South Africa and Brazil has created some concern that mutations in the virus may make vaccines less effective. Pfizer Incorporated and BioNTech SE have also said tests show their vaccine is effective against the variant found in Britain, but have not yet disclosed results against the South Africa variant. Pardon me, Yulia Navalnaya, the wife of Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny was detained in Moscow on Saturday on the sidelines of a protest held in support of her husband. The demonstration in Moscow was one of dozens of opposition rallies held in defiance of the authorities across Russia on Saturday. According to OVD Info, an independent site that monitors arrests, more than 2,100 people were detained during various protests in nearly 100 cities. Navalny himself is currently held in pretrial custody. The protesters were demanding his release. He was detained at a Moscow airport late Sunday for moments after arriving from germany where he spent five months recovering from poisoning he blamed on the russian government the kremlin repeatedly denied any involvement today white house press secretary jen saki said the united states was demanding his release
4: First, I'd like to point all of you to a statement that was uh, released this weekend by the State Department, strongly condemning the use of harsh tactics against protesters and journalists in cities throughout Russia. These continued efforts to suppress Russians' rights to peacefully protest and assemble and their freedom of expression and the arrest of opposition figure Alexei Navalny and the crackdown on protests that followed are troubling indications of further restrictions on Russian civil society. So I'll just reiterate our call from here on Russian authorities to release all those detained for exercising their universal rights and for the immediate and unconditional release of Alexei Navalny. We also urge Russia to fully cooperate with the international community's investigation into the poisoning of Alexei Navalny and credibly explain the use of a chemical weapon on its soil. And last week, we announced that the president had issued a tasking to the intelligence community for its full assessment of a, of a range of activities, including, of course, the solar wind cyber breach, Russian interference in the 2020 election, its use of chemical weapons against uh, Alexei Navalny and the alleged bounties on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. That is ongoing. That review is a 100-day review, so we'll have an update on that when it concludes. Actually, I, let me I apologize. I may have misstated that. It's not, I don't have a timeline for the timeline of the review. It's something that's ongoing. There's, it's a priority, of course.
0: Has a call on the schedule of President Putin?
4: I don't have any calls to predict for you uh, at this point, but obviously the president is picking up the the phone, engaging with a range of foreign leaders, Europeans and others. There's more planned in the next couple days and we'll have readouts as those occur.
0: White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Calling Tom Vilsack, Mr. Monsanto, a coalition of progressive groups launched a new campaign Monday to urge senators to vote against President Joe Biden's nominee to lead the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The effort from Food and Water Watch, Progressive Democrats of America, RootsAction.org and The Zero Hour points to Vilsack's time both as agricultural secretary under the Obama administration and his record since then. As evidence, Vilsack would elevate corporate interests over those of everyday people, climate-friendly policies, and a more just agricultural system. The senior attorney for food and water justice is Zach Corrigan. The politics on these issues
5: have changed a, quite a bit. And so I am hopeful that were Mr. Vilsack to get the nomination, um, that he would see these issues a little differently than he did when he was Uh, originally the Secretary of Agriculture, uh, because uh, we've learned a great deal from not only the harmful impacts of line speeds to public health, but also from a prior administration, which you couldn't imagine being any worse. So if the politics were such that Republicans and Democrats were similar on this five, six years ago, we're hopeful that mr vilsack and the biden administration will now see that that's wrong that there is an opportunity for democrats to stake a position that will actually be protective of public health when it comes
0: to line speeds are you opposing his nomination or you just want to pressure him into doing better
5: we're not supporting his nomination because of his history but presuming that He will get the nomination. We're hoping to meet with him and talk with him and convey to him that actually quite a bit has changed on a whole host of issues and that he has a great opportunity to take the USDA in a different direction after the Trump administration.
0: What does your organization see as the best direction to take when it comes to our food supply?
5: The most important thing is to keep in mind that What benefits big agriculture does not necessarily benefit consumers. It doesn't necessarily benefit public health. And that we should be working to have an agricultural system that is not consolidated amongst just a handful of companies who are able to control all the supply, but at the expense of farmers, but a food system that supports the family farmer, and supports public health and workers within slaughter plants. And that's a vision of the USDA that will be brand new, and we would fully support such a vision under this administration.
0: China and the fact that so many family farms supported Trump, even though his tariffs cost them a lot, using tax money to pay farmers to accept policies that hurt them in order to hurt China.
5: Family farmers right now are struggling to simply make ends meet and to pay their bills. And so it was cynical approach to try to buy off farmers with payments to make China pay. But I think what is really in need is less this band-aid or throw money at the problem and really substantial reform that goes towards why are family farmers hurting so much? Why is American agriculture hurting? And our belief is that it's firmly due to the consolidation within the industry that requires farms to really get big or get out. And we would support a USDA system that focuses on bolstering and supporting the family farm so that they can thrive instead of forcing them to get bigger and then throwing money at them when they aren't doing well.
0: Zach Corrigan is senior attorney for food and water justice. Black farm organizations in particular say Vilsack squandered eight years of opportunity during the Obama administration to address longstanding complaints of discrimination and access to USDA loans and other programs. His inaction, they say, exacerbated a catastrophic loss of land and livelihood for many black farmers over the past century, widening the racial wealth gap. And the Biden administration on Monday suspended some of the terrorism sanctions that former Secretary Secretary of State Mike Pompeo imposed on Yemen's Houthi rebels in his waning days in office. The Treasury Department said it would exempt certain transactions involving the Houthis from sanctions resulting from Pompeo's designation of the group as a foreign terrorist organization on January 10th. The sanctions Pompeo imposed had taken effect January 19th, just a day before President Joe Biden was inaugurated, and was criticized by the United Nations and relief organizations. A New York based activist. With the Yemeni alliance, is Quathar Abdullah? She says claims the Houthis are Iranian backed are unproven, and considering Iran's geographic location, of little impact anyway.
3: You have so many internal factions, each trying fighting for power and controlling some part of Yemen. The vast majority of it is controlled by Houthis. It's a very, very complex internally, and the regional superpowers and the West kind of funds and backs, different sides inside of Yemen, which makes it even more complicated.
0: Is there any hope that the Biden administration will do any better?
3: We're skeptical but hopeful. Biden has pledged to revaluate our relationship with the 30s and stop the arms sales and it's about time this is the least that biden can do considering that he was part of the administration that started the war and so we've also seen articles of the israelis kind of lobbying biden and his administration to be softer under criticism of the Saudis. so we'll see how that translates into policy so for now i'd like to be hopeful but i'm also very skeptical
0: are the houthis A proxy of Iran like Pompeo and all these people are saying?
3: The Houthis are indigenous rebel group into the population. They are acting on their own as as they have previously said many times. Iran is all the way at the other side. We're under blockade by air, water and land. There's nothing that can be kind of smuggled or some people said military support and whatnot. There's no concrete evidence to back that up yet. Whether the Houthis did their own fair share of crimes inside of Yemen, that that also can be talked about. However, the bigger situation here is the U.S. and the Saudis bombing and killing Yemenis. But in terms of proxy, I feel like that word is used to kind of because of like the, I guess, sectarian relationship that that exists, that relationship was recently established and it's only because of like the West and people provoking Shiism and whatnot. And sectarianism is not what's the root of the problem. It is intervention, it is global militarism.
0: What does the Yemeni Alliance want to see ultimately?
3: We ideally want to see Yemen rebuild their own country Free of imperialism and global militarism and regional intervention. We'd like our governments to stop arms sales to the Saudis and the Emiratis who are currently occupying some parts of Yemen and have proxies inside of Yemen. We'd like our government to expand and return the aid that was supposed to be for Yemen, that was cut off from the World Food Program and U.S. aid and to take more reparations and to hold war criminals and war crimes accountable.
0: And that's uh, Quathar Abdullah from the Yemeni Alliance. Code Pink activist Medea Benjamin says her group hopes Biden will do a lot better than Trump on Yemen, despite the role of the Obama administration in launching the war in the first place.
6: We are very positive about change under the Biden administration, and it should come about in two ways. One is just an executive order that biden says we will no longer be supporting the saudi-led war in yemen but that should also be reaffirmed by congress through a war powers resolution that has passed congress in the past but was vetoed by trump and we don't think this would be vetoed anymore we also are asking the Biden administration to withdraw the designation of the Houthis, one of the warring parties in Yemen, as a terrorist organization, which would facilitate getting aid into the Houthi controlled areas. And we want to see an increase in US humanitarian aid to Yemen.
0: What do you think the Biden administration's approach is going to be? The new people, we've seen them before, some of the same people who were there under the Obama administration, well, when it comes
6: to Yemen, it's unfortunate that this support for the Saudis actually started under Obama. Joe Biden was there and so were many of the other new people in his cabinet. But I think they've seen in these last four years how catastrophic that decision has been and have changed their minds. Joe Biden has called Saudi a pariah state. And yet we heard Anthony Blinken during the confirmation hearings as Secretary of State talking about our allies, the Saudis, but he did say that the U.S. would withdraw from supporting that war. The question is going to be about the weapons because we are calling for an end to the weapons sales to Saudi and others are saying, well, just offensive weapons, which they can parse that. There's the money to be made selling weapons to the Saudis. They are the number one weapons purchaser in the world. And so it's going to be very hard but important to stop the U.S. from selling weapons to them.
0: How about reconstruction of a country that's been devastated by this war?
6: Well, that's right. And all of the parties who have been involved in supporting the war have a responsibility to not only stop the war, but to help Yemen rebuild. And the United States has a huge responsibility for supplying so many of the bombs that devastated the hospitals, the clinics, the infrastructure, neighborhoods, We are calling for over a billion dollars in U.S. aid to help in the reconstruction
0: of Yemen. Given all of that, and let's say the U.S. does that, are progressives on the side of any of the factions as far as being a new government? I mean, where's the new government going to come from for Yemen?
6: Well, I was in Yemen years ago when they got rid of a dictator and all the different groups came together in a national dialogue. And I think it has to go back to that. A national dialogue that brings the different parties together and comes up with some new entity that represents the different groups. I think the Yemenis can do that. They have done it in the past, and they will do it as soon as all of these outside participants in the war stop fueling the conflict.
0: Medea Benjamin of Code Pink. And finally, snow early this week could be a forerunner for a deep freeze headed towards New York City a couple of days later. The double punch of winter weather will leave just a couple of inches of snow in the city, though more is expected on Long Island and upstate. Tuesday's wintry weather will be accompanied by temperatures as low as 31 degrees, with wind chill making it feel as cold as 20. That's according to the National Weather Service. But then the temperatures will drop even further, plummeting as low as 16 degrees by Friday night.